if you focus on giving, you will receive a whole lot more than you focused on taking. We're not making a profit. Our goal is, is kind of that social change to bring BC to a broader subset of students. What is up, everybody? This is Michael Zakan, founder and creator of Our Future, the business podcast for young people. And today, I'm coming to you live with my second ever Saturday special. Can't tell you guys how much I love to talk, chop it up with other student founders. I love hearing from other people who have launched and built something during this pandemic. It's really powerful stuff and it's just fuels my fire. So I can't wait to bring you guys this conversation with Wade Fletcher. Wade is a student at Indiana University, the founder of Cove Intern. It was a recruiting site he built that went viral at the start of this pandemic. And he's now building a venture capital network to cast a broader net upon the incredible ideas that are coming out of colleges and universities across this country, democratizing access to venture capital for student founders. If you're a student founder looking to raise money or you're a student interested in becoming a venture fellow, sourcing deals, identifying amazing companies, and working in the VC environment, I highly suggest you email Wade at team at undercover.vc. Join this awesome movement. Wade will get back to you. He's building something incredible, and I can't wait to tell you guys more about it. I love how being active on LinkedIn has translated into meeting other founders, other student founders. And it's not just that they're student founders. It's that when this virus hit, they went out and did something crazy. The world's greatest business leaders were stuck at home, plastered in front of their computers. And I Mm -hmm. saw the opportunity. When COVID-19 hit, you launched coveintern.com. What was that big opportunity you saw for it? I had planned this summer to go to Europe um, with with some friends of mine. Um, obviously, you know, COVID put a stop to that really quick. And I started this frantic last minute March search for an internship, um, as as did my roommate. You know, I'm I'm a computer science and finance double major student. I had done something finance the previous summer. I wanted to to do something CS to kind of balance it out. Um, and I said, well, okay, I need to. First of all, I need a, a software, you know, kind of portfolio project. I also want to meet a ton of recruiters. How can I meet a ton of recruiters and do a, you know, and do a software project? Let's build a jobs board. Um, and I kind of rode the the wave of, of remote internships and and students looking for something to do in March now that they were at home and and you know less able to see their friends and everything. Um, did really well on LinkedIn. Um, just just like you said, I mean, being active on LinkedIn, meeting cool people. Um, my post on original post on that got about half a million views, um, which was responsible. Insanity. For, I've never heard of, uh, I've never heard of 500 K, uh, on a post before that's insane. Wade, you know how many businesses have been born out of viral LinkedIn posts this summer? It's crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, Those re- remote students, the remotes, the ladder called ladder. Now they yeah. certainly got their start out of viral LinkedIn stuff. I've certainly gotten thousands of podcast plays as a result of my episodes going, having some element of virality, you know, never 500 yeah. K. I mean, you know, 30 to 50 K, right. Translating to, right. you know, a few, you know, maybe yeah. hundred or so clicks or something. So crazy how LinkedIn can be this, this tool. And if you can get it right, you can build a business out of one post. Right. Yeah. I I'm so glad you mentioned that, um, that the team over at ladder, um, I just did a, an AMA with them last last week, um, uh, you know, about what I'm undercover VC, what I'm working on now. Um, and they're a, a really awesome team. I think they were co-intern and, and when it was remote students were operating in a very similar space. 
back in, you know, March, April, May, um, I kind of moved on to other things, but I think they've done a really good job at, at kind of rolling that momentum they built in into something that's, that's more evergreen and, and will continue to be valuable for them. One of my passions is connecting people. Would you say the same? Absolutely. There's something magical about it. Like the amount of connections, introductions I've made this summer and also just meeting these incredible entrepreneurs and business executives and then having that as a way to like connect other students and other young people to those opportunities is just something that lights me up. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, one of the things we talked about, I took, uh, you know, the, the first class in my, my finance track at IU last semester, one of the things they talked about was if you, if you focus on, I, I can't, I got to paraphrase it because I can't, I can't get it right. But they talked about through your career and kind of through your building your network. If you focus on giving, you will receive a whole lot more than you focused on taking. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of a butchery of the, the fantastic quote and book that came from, but I, you know, there are awesome situations that have come up this summer. For example, through COVID intern, we shared some internships at Morning Brew. One of the interns that got hired at Morning Brew this summer then turned around, wrote an article about how to get an internship in the time of COVID. What did they talk about? They talked about COVID intern. There you right? go. Could, could, I have gotten, the brew. could I have gotten myself in the brew otherwise? Yeah. Probably not, right? If I'd emailed them and pitched my story, you know, maybe, but, you know, who knows? Speaking of the startup side, you are uh, the founder of a VC fund, which is insane, dude. Like you took this energy from creating Covintern and you understood the power of entrepreneurship. I mean, maybe you were even inspired by yourself. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that a lot, Michael. Um, I do want to be clear, though, that we're not a VC fund. We're, we're kind of a model that hasn't existed previously. I, you know, similar to what you were saying about, you know, suddenly there was all this talent out there. Um, I, through, through my own interest and kind of knowing that I wanted to work in VC, realized that there's probably a ton of talent, a lot of students like me that want to work in VC, that, that read the articles, that, you know, that, that track the startups and do everything you need to do to be an awesome participant in one of the existing student funds or one of the existing scout networks. Um, but, but by virtue of the school they attend, uh, you know, those programs aren't, aren't available to everybody. What are, or at least what are the five, what are the five schools that get all the VC interest? Um, I mean, off the bat, obviously Stanford, Berkeley, MIT, Harvard, UPenn, um, and then kind of the, the sleeper winner in there is UIUC in Illinois, a lot of CS kids. Yeah. But, but that one's cool. That one's a great example of a school that, you know, they're, they're by all means a, a fantastic school, but they're not one of those, you know, they're not an Ivy league. They're not an elite school, but they've still got this incredible startup culture. Um, and they're a great model of what we're trying to create on, on campuses across the country. Um, now I don't, I, I don't want to ramble too long here, but I did say I'd get back to how our model is kind of different from a traditional VC funds model. They're, they're kind of, this is a, a cultural change and a social change. We want to happen quickly. Um, and if we were to go raise a fund, that's a, that's a year process, an 18 month, a two year process to go find LPs, to go through all the, the paperwork and, you know, incorporation and everything that comes with that. That's something that's, that's on our radar and something we're thinking about, but we wanted to move quickly, right? We wanted something ready for this fall for the student entrepreneurs. There are tons of student startups coming out of kids that were, were bored and built something cool in quarantine. Yeah. That I'm so many cool, on. so many cool, so much amazing yeah. entrepreneurship has come out of this pandemic. We wanted to hop on that wave and wanted to move quickly. So we realized we can be, 
the intermediary between funds that are already raised, that are ready to go, that have the paperwork, the analysts, the, fella, the, the partners, the LPs, et cetera, um, funds that are, are ready to go, ready to write checks, and students that are, are ready to receive them. And we're kind of operating in the middle as the, the center of that wheel where we've got our student fellows on one side um, that are, are finding those deals and are getting access to, to those awesome you know, educational opportunities, AMAs, mentorship, et cetera. I think mentorship gets thrown around a lot. It's like, oh, we offer mentorship. This is like, this is the real deal. We're making, we're making connections here and making it happen. Um, and then on the other side, we have our, our partner funds that want to make investments in, in early stage student startups. Um, and we're, we're, you know, kind of offering a pre-screened strong pipeline of student entrepreneurs at campuses they wouldn't necessarily have access to otherwise. Absolutely. I, I've met some kids who've been involved with Contrary Cap. They've been doing this student venture thing for a while. Uh, they also do the campus ambassador slash fellows program to promote deal flow and have venture fund partners. Um, how how would you say you're different from from Contrary? Sure. Yeah. So Contrary is making investments. That's the the first off the bat. The big difference in Contrary has their funds, um, but they're self contained, right? So when you work at Contrary, you're going to get exposure to the deal process at Contrary Capital. Um, you know, a fund that has its own LPs and has raised its own capital has its own process. When you work as a, as a fellow with Undercover VC, you're going to see that same process at, you know, we've got, we're, we're still a couple weeks away from, from really being done with our process. And we've got more than 15 funds, you know, lined up with us that are working with us on the other side. You're going to get to see the process across a range of funds in a range of areas, different stages in their portfolio lifecycle, um, and, and get a really much broader, bigger VC network to work with. Um, the other difference is, is contrary, um, and, and there's kind of a funny story here. Um, contrary has historically had a really kind of not, not as small as some other student funds, but has not cast the broadest net in, in the campuses they recruit from. So I know, I think they, they've had a presence on up there with you at UMass for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know a kid at contrary at NYU as well too. So some yeah. schools that are so, tippy top. So we, but. we announced, um, back in August, I think it was, you know, we're looking for students on campuses where we didn't explicitly say it, but. We're looking for students on campuses where we're contrary and dorm room fund or not. Um, and it took seven to 10 days for, for and I, you know, I can't say that they weren't planning this for a while. I imagine that's pretty likely, but it is highly coincidental that seven to 10 days later, both of them announced, we will now be accepting applications from everywhere. Um, and so again, I, I have no idea whether that's attributable to, to our work. I'd like to think it was, but you know, I know, I know they have big organizations and, and they've probably been thinking about that for a while. Um, nonetheless, we're not making a profit. Our goal is, is kind of that social change to bring VC to a broader subset of students. And in that sense, that's a, that's a success for us, whether it's attributable to, to us directly or not. How much do you feel like, how much do you feel like your world has opened up since you started, be, since you became an entrepreneur? Since COVID really took off, I've kind of been in public much more than I was before. Not as much as I should be. I'm not on the building in public you know, train. That's the, the huge trend right now on, on Twitter and, and VC Twitter and startup Twitter. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm in a position now where the thing I'm doing, have enough users and have enough people that, you know, I'm, I'm here with you now. I'm doing, you know, podcast interviews and, and various media things. Um, I, I got an invite to, to Clubhouse recently. And so I've been, you know, doing my thing on there. There's, I'm, I'm definitely much more in public and that's definitely a much different energy. Um, but it's a heck of a lot more fun. I think there's also that element of being able to explain entrepreneurial ideas in public. 
Like, what have you learned throughout your journey that you can share with others? And it's weird because you and I are both so young, but we've both been building something and there are learnings to share. What, what do you, what have you said when you've been invited to, to these podcasts and these other meetings? What have you taken away from it? Um, especially with these, these recent times. Yeah. So I've, I have been on a couple that have been like, so, you know, we always ask everybody, what's your one piece of business advice? Um, and, and, and the first thing I say is always, you know, remember that I'm 19 years old and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, but, but the second piece is even if you don't know what you're doing, um, the, the faster you can move, the faster you can iterate, the faster you can improve, the more successful you're going to be right. Covintern, I built the first draft of in four days. It's an example of some of the worst, most disgusting design you've ever seen on a website period. Um, and that was the, that was the version of it that got the first 20,000 users. You know, I, it, it, obviously I then iterated on it and improved it and that allowed me to keep growing. But, um, you know, the first version I had to manually add every single job that was on there. It, it was this like nasty yellow and white thing. It was, I'm not proud of it in the slightest, aside from the fact that I did it quickly and I improved on it. Like delivering on your product or service in the most simple and basic of ways. In your case, it was this kind of disgusting, very basic website. And it was also for me, like when I got my first episode of the pod out, that was the momentum I needed. Like, I think I'm different from you. And that I think I've always thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but I never was. I never was until I created my own movement through our future. I never felt like I had something to sink my teeth into. I never actually built an MVP. But when I did, it set off that energy within me. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who consider themselves to be entrepreneurial, but they just need that action potential, right? It's all about getting that MVP out there because that MVP out there is going to, it's like the catalyst in a chemical reaction. You can always kind of take, take your idea and have like a big picture of, of what you want it to be. Um, pare down and you can peel down that onion probably three more layers than, than you really think when you get to your first MVP, you, you can go down, you know, even further. So for, for undercover VC, our first thought was we want to start a new student managed fund. And we said, okay, we want to start a new student managed fund on the campuses where we don't have to compete with the existing student managed funds. Then we said, well, okay, raising a fund is going to take a long time. But there are kind of two things, three things you need in a VC, and we can get two of those, right? You need, you need, need investors, you need people who know how to make investments, and you need um, people to invest in. We can nail down two of those, even if we don't have investors yet, and kind of outsource that to a third party. So we came up with this kind of spokes on a spokes on a wheel system. So if I'm a student founder at Michigan, but you guys aren't setting up on Michigan's campus, can I still apply? To, Absolutely. To get reviewed, yeah. to meet investors. Yeah. I mean, me, even me personally have plans to scale this media brand into the galaxies. So, um, you know, how do you apply? Do you go to the website? What, what happens? Yeah. So that's, that's still a process we're building out um, as we figure out how that kind of hybrid of, of cold application and, and warm intro from our fellows works. Right now, I can say if you have a deck, you're looking for, for early stage investment. Go ahead and send your deck and your pitch and whatever materials you have. Or if you just, you know, want to re request a meeting and pitch in person, um, shoot us an email at team at undercover.vc. Um, and, and I'll absolutely get back to you there. We've already had, you know, had some, some, some founders that are really getting after it do that. Um, until we get the program kind of 
up and running properly, right? We're still interviewing for our first cohort. Um, until we kind of accept that first class and get the program rolling, there's not a lot we can do for you necessarily. Um, but, you know, go ahead and email it, get it in our system, and, and we'll review it once we have the, the team and systems in place to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Wade Fletcher, founder of Undercover VC. Thank you for tuning in. Have an amazing weekend. And as always, you know what you have to do. Stay frosty.